there is now a stronger and stronger body of research that indicates that uh, social and emotional learning programming uh, produces uh, positive outcomes in students, um, uh, including uh, improvements in academic achievement and um, um, positive social behavior uh, in and out of the classroom and reductions in uh, conduct problems and uh, emotional distress. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, where we unpack what's new and innovative in education. Today's conversation is with Roger Weisberg, Chief Knowledge Officer of the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning, also known as CASEL. CASEL's mission is to help make evidence-based social-emotional learning, or SEL for short, an integral part of education from preschool through high school. So Roger joined Tom for a discussion around SEL and shares more on reasons that he feels SEL has become so prominent in education discussions as well as a behind-the-scenes look at the SEL guidebook that Castle is working on for educators, and what the future of SEL in schools might be. Let me start just by uh, welcoming Dr. Roger Weisberg. Uh, Dr. Weisberg is the Novo Foundation uh, Endowed Chair in Social-Emotional Learning at the University of Illinois in Chicago. He was the long-term, long-time CEO of uh, Castle, the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning. He's now the Chief Knowledge Officer at Castle. Uh, Roger is, is uh, I think, the, uh, the best known and probably most important figure in social-emotional learning in America today, and social-emotional learning is, is becoming a, a primary topic in American public education. So, um, Roger, it's great to have you on the Getting Smart podcast. It's nice to be here. It is fair to say that you're the founder of Castle. Dan Goldman and Tim Shriver and Eileen Rockefeller Growall and Linda Lantieri and Dave Slider and Mark Greenberg, I think we're the originators of Castle. Uh, and they started to talk about it in 1993 or so. And I had worked uh, uh, with especially Mark Greenberg and Tim Shriver, and they invited me to a, a meeting at um, the Fetzer Institute in December of 1994. And uh, uh, I thought I was just going to a meeting. They invited about 30 people and said, we have this new idea for a field. Uh, Dan was writing emotional intelligence at the time. Um, I had done some work um, with Maurice Elias and others uh, with the William T. Grant Consortium for the School-Based Promotion of Social Competence uh, between 1986 and 93. Uh, we had done some work thinking about what K-12 social competence promotion would look like. So I was invited along with other people to a meeting at Fetzer uh, where we talked about um, – various prevention strategies in the schools and uh, youth development strategies and basically concluded that social and emotional learning was a term that we'd like to write about, uh, emphasizing um, students' social development and emotional development and emphasizing that these competencies and strengths could be taught. Uh, so that's when we wrote a book called Promoting Social and Emotional Learning Guidelines for Educators, which ASCD published and um, sent it out as a um, benefit of membership to 100,000 members. And it was at that time when things got serious 
that uh, Tim Shriver called me and um, said, would I be willing to take over Castle? So I was not a founder from the very beginning, but I was an early participant and then ran Castle for about the last 20 years. And two and a half years ago, I, uh, we hired Karen Nimi who is our now our chief executive officer and president, and I have uh, become chief knowledge officer of CASEL. Why is there so much attention being paid to social-emotional learning today? Well, I think for a variety of reasons. Uh, one thing is there is now a stronger and stronger body of research that indicates that uh, social and emotional learning programming uh, produces uh, positive outcomes in students, um, uh, including uh, improvements in academic achievement and um, um, positive social behavior uh, in and out of the classroom and reductions in uh, conduct problems and uh, emotional distress. So one of the key areas of interest has uh, been the um, growing scientific support for the power and, and the positive effects of social and emotional learning. Uh, there's also been surveys that show that teachers think that SEL is uh, something that um, is important to teach. It can benefit uh, students academically in terms of their uh, workplace readiness, in terms of their uh, citizenship uh, and things like that for the future. So there's been a positive reaction uh, from uh, educators there have been cost-benefit analysis studies now documenting the, the um, uh, return on investment, a Columbia University study by Clive Belfield and Hank Levin and others pointed out that uh, they looked at six uh, SEL programs and found for every dollar invested, there was an $11 return. Uh, so I think it's, it's – uh, and then more broadly, I think, uh, with changes in policy right now, there is greater interest than ever before in educating the whole child, uh, a greater interest in working with uh, states, LEAs, to um, support the kind of education they want to do. And I, th I think a lot of people uh, feel that it is important to promote children's social, emotional, and academic competence, that that should be a uh, goal in education. And um, so more and more people are are interested. So, Roger, let's back up and define what you mean by uh, social-emotional learning. Well, uh, in, in a simple way, uh, social and emotional learning, I think, involves a focus on uh, the social and emotional skills that can be developed uh, in students, uh, the and adults, the the uh, the skills, the knowledge, and the attitude uh, um, that that can be developed. And Castle focuses. We've talked about five areas of competence uh, that we uh, think can be promoted: uh, self-awareness, uh, self-management, social awareness, uh, relationship skills and responsible decision-making. So the self-awareness and self-management and focus on intrapersonal competencies, the social awareness and relationship skills emphasize the interpersonal 
uh, competencies and responsible decision-making, focuses on uh, the importance of um, making good decisions for yourself and others and uh, brings a perspective of uh, positive character into the equation. Uh, so SEL is you know, really focused on the uh, educating kids to be knowledgeable, responsible, caring, contributing uh, members of society. And uh, some of the work that is done with our approaches uh, in, include the broad question, how do schools and families and communities work together to promote social and emotional learning in students? So that ends up focusing on uh, programming that should take place uh, every day in the classroom, school-wide, uh, and uh, also um, how to partner with families and how to uh, partner with community organizations in a more coordinated, unified effort to uh, provide uh, this kind of education to students. Um, Roger, is, is SEL something that should be taught separately or should it be integrated into the instructional program or both? We take a both-and strategy uh, with this. Uh, I think that um, uh, we've talked over the years about um, the importance of safe design and programs, and uh, that includes a focus on um, sequential exposure to teach kids skills, um, uh, making sure that they actively practice uh, the skills, you know, for the S and the A. The F is focusing and making social and emotional development a priority, and then explicit uh, for E focuses on the um, specific competencies that you might want to make sure uh, students learn. So that, that could be uh, problem-solving, decision-making, goal-setting, uh, empathy, and a variety of things like that. There's been value in freestanding SEL programming, and very often when you do that in a planned, ongoing, systematic way, that um, uh, has produced very positive results. Uh, at the same time, increasingly, um, it, it, it really, with our approaches, have become much more systemic. Um, so there are teaching uh, strategies that are used, uh, whether instructional strategies like cooperative learning and project-based learning. There uh, is integration with the academic uh, curriculum. There are programs that just emphasize the importance of a positive climate and culture at the school level or the classroom level. So we've moved um, from explicit skill training uh, models uh, to more systemic models that are become a part of the whole day uh, and how uh, schools are run. The reason we take a both-and strategy is sometimes if you're not concrete and specific about competencies that you want to enhance and how to enhance them and what the developmental pathways are to do this. Sometimes if it's uh, infused uh, without some of that structure, uh, some of it can be lost. So, for example, uh, as we've developed SEL standards in various states, you know, one of the first questions, and we've worked on this for over 10 years with different states, one of the 
big questions was, well, do you think there should be freestanding standards or should it be integrated with other academic standards? And again, our answer uh, has been both. The, uh, we think it's important to be clear specifying what uh, we would like kids to be, to be, know and be able to do in the realm of social and emotional competence. But then if you look at standards, uh, whether they're English language arts or math or science or social studies or health and so on and so forth, uh, you'll see that social and emotional competencies are uh, infused in many of them as well. We're speaking with Dr. Roger Weisberg, the Chief Knowledge Officer at CASEL. We're talking about social-emotional learning. Uh, Roger, let's talk about measurement. What's your current thinking about how we um, help students uh, track their growth in social-emotional learning? Well, that's a key issue in the field right now, and one of the things that I want to say is that it's a priority for CASEL, and we're collaborating. Uh, we have a um, practical social and emotional competence assessment group that we've pulled together with leading scholars across the United States and also practitioners uh, from school districts to think about and address this very important issue. Where we have come down on assessment right now is to feel the key focus should really be at the uh, classroom level. Uh, we want to come up with measurement and use of measures that are helpful for mainly teachers, students, and parents. So um, we have done some reviews and we'll be doing more reviews of what measures are available. Uh, they can be teacher ratings, self-report ratings, uh, parent ratings, peer ratings, observational ratings, and uh, performance tasks that, that are used uh, in this um, area right now. And we are collaborating uh, with uh, folks from RAND on uh, identifying measures and with the folks at Transformed Ed and the core districts and some of our collaborating districts. Uh, and over the course of the next year, we'll create a, uh, an educator's guide for measures that can be used to assess social and emotional learning and how they can be used in a practical way at the classroom and school level. And we're also thinking about next generation assessments, which will include game-based assessments and performance tasks. We're actually going to have a competition where we'll invite educators and researchers to submit their um, uh, latest thinking in this area. And the uh, work group also, uh, we're looking at different frameworks in social and emotional learning uh, with a focus from preschool through high school uh, to see how we can identify uh, the key uh, skills that are, um, as some people have said, meaningful, measurable, and malleable or teachable. And we also, with our work group, it's got about 20 people in the work group, but we also have established a uh, broader uh, collaborators network, which now has about 100 people. Uh, anybody can join that who has interest uh, in the area of assessment. 
So this is uh, uh, an area that is uh, developing uh, powerfully and effectively. We think the key work to be done right now is at the classroom level, uh, helping people um, with uh, formative assessments of the knowledge and skills that students have and how to develop those things. With the recent passing of the Every Student Succeeds Act, there's been some buzz in the education community around how ESSA provides states the opportunity to rethink how their accountability systems can foster and scale new models for teaching and learning. So we asked Roger about incorporating SEL into state accountability systems, and here was his response. On the one hand, there's important work going on. Uh, California, with some of the core districts and transformed ed, has is exploring putting this uh, into accountability. We think there's a lot to be learned from uh, that effort. We think that it is uh, th- it can be of great value also to um, do um, climate school climate assessments. Um, uh, we think that the voice of students and teachers and uh, parents uh, in terms of how uh, safe a school is, uh, what the nature of the relationships are in the school. We, we think that that is very helpful to do. Castle is, uh, and we're working with a lot of states on this now, we're not recommending that they take on a measurement of children's specific social and emotional competencies as part of accountability at this point. I think that's important advice, Roger. I, I worry that, that we have another version of NCLB where we too quickly grab immature measures and stuff them into accountability systems, and, and then we don't iterate, and then we see a bunch of unintended consequences. So I, I really appreciate your advice during this, this formative period. I, I think as soon as we are confident that there are, are measurement strategies that are helpful to teachers and students and parents at the local level. That really is the place to start. And you and I are in agreement on not wanting to rush into something more broadly at this point with the Roger, I'd love, I'd love to have you reflect on um, the kinds of learning experiences most likely to develop uh, social and emotional competencies. You mentioned uh, project-based learning and and cooperative learning. Can you be more specific on the kinds of experiences that you think are most productive in this regard? In terms of uh, the cooperative learning and project-based learning? Yes. Are, are, uh, like what specifically or why those, uh, why and how those develop SEL competencies? I think that project-based learning is um, a great example of if somebody is going to take on a project and work with the team, uh, and they're going to work in an area of importance to them, and uh, they identify the issue, study the issue, uh, set goals on how they're going to uh, approach things, uh, and then um, monitor their their progress in advancing uh, the uh, projects and then report back on what they've learned, what they've found, uh, and some of that information can be shared uh, with whoever the project might be affecting and also it could uh, influence uh, you know others uh, uh, you know I, I on a personal level, 
I will say my son, who's 25 right now, one of the uh, most important things he did in his high school uh, career was take on a project of doing a video of a uh, rock and roll band and uh, and why music was important to these people. So in order to do that, he had to establish a learning goal and he had to defend the learning goal to a committee of community members and teaching staff. Uh, He had to carry out the project and be organized in each step of the way. Then he had to, uh, he created a video that's on uh, YouTube that he was uh, proud of. And then he had to make presentations. So this was in his senior year to juniors on what he learned. And he did a poster kind of documenting the learning. So, so I think that's something, an experience like that. And during it, he was kind of saying, boy, I can be organized on things. And he was so interested and motivated. And, you know, he uh, began to promote shows in that then when he was in college um, and, and kind of has been very interested in pursuing this occupationally. So I think that project-based learning in, the, in a case like that, it helps somebody to uh, be more self-aware of what they want to do and how they're going to go about doing it. Uh, they, it introduces self-management uh, in terms of goal setting and monitoring the progress. He had to be effective dealing with different audiences, understand, including the group he did the video on. He had to have good relationship skills, uh, working, uh, and make good decisions along the way to make the project successful. So I think that uh, everything from the uh, reflection to the planning to the carrying something out to reporting on your learnings um, really can excite and uh, engage kids. Roger, uh, you've been at this for 20 years, and you you must be excited about the, the level of momentum that you see this year. I actually have done this work for 40 years at this point in one way or another, and I can just say that there's never been more interest and more excitement. Right. You know, There's been ups and downs, but it, uh, the interest right now is um, unprecedented. It, um, it is. And, we, and we've seen... Uh, Castle, this your collaborative uh, for academic and social emotional learning now has some really exciting new partnerships. It it looks like you're working with a a number of school districts around the country. Uh, we're working with a number of school districts and a number of states. Uh, we began in 2011. We launched uh, a collaborating districts initiative with eight large districts. Um, uh, Austin, Texas, and Anchorage, Alaska, and Cleveland, and Chicago, and Nashville, and Oakland, and Sacramento, and Washoe County, Nevada. And um, uh, AIR was a third-party evaluator of this effort. We wanted to see if uh, systemic district-wide SEL could be implemented and study and understand the process for doing that. Uh, and also to look at the outcomes on on things like climate and uh, disciplinary referrals and academic achievements and feel we've made a tremendous amount of progress. More recently, we're working with uh, Atlanta and El Paso, and uh, uh, we're we probably we've done some estimates now that over the course of the next year we'll probably be working with schools representing uh, about. 
two million students. Um, um, I just was talking with our CEO earlier today about a strategy to uh, uh, encourage um, schools and districts across the country in positive ways so that maybe a third of the country, 16 million kids might benefit uh, over the next three to five years uh, from this work, um, doing it more deeply. And the other thing I would say is we launched more recently a Collaborating States initiative. We were planning to work with five states, uh, but the proposals we received uh, from states, which was so exciting, uh, has led us now, we'll probably be working uh, with 17 states. Wow. So the the interest um, at the local level, at the with schools, with districts, and with states is really unprecedented. That's really exciting, Roger. Castle has really become viewed as the gold standard uh, when it comes to social emotional learning, both as a as a working partner and in our uh, recent landscape analysis of products and services in SEO, we found. Uh, so many references to your work. It's uh, it's really widely respected. So it's um, it must be very gratifying after 40 years in this field to finally uh, see so much of the impact that uh, that you've long sought. Well, and I'm looking forward to the next 20 years in the field. Well, let's let's see, look forward. See, yeah, let's look forward to the next couple. What what sorts of developments do you most uh, hope to see? One of the things that we're doing with support from the uh, Wallace Foundation and Einhorn Family Charitable Trust uh, and um, uh, Robert Wood Johnson and others is we're creating tools and materials that districts and schools will be able to use to advance their work. So we, we're working right now on a district school guide um, that uh, summarizes our learnings for the last five years and uh, school guides uh, focusing on um, school-wide SEL. And those tools will be available and we'll distribute those. Uh, they'll be downloaded for free. And I think that that is going to be really helpful uh, to provide some support and guidance um, to people around the country who are interested in taking on this work in systematic ways. Uh, we're also very excited uh, with the collaborating states work. I think, um, uh, and it, I, I really want to emphasize, you know, CASEL is the collaborative for academic, social, and emotional learning. And we, we have a lot of things called the Collaborating Districts Initiative, uh, Collaborating States Initiative. And we approach things that way because we feel that our partners have as much to teach us as we have to teach them. I, uh, as we create paths moving forward, uh, it's, it's really an action research model that we uh, choose where uh, the work becomes more and more relevant because uh, it's dealing with the everyday experiences, whether it's the state policymakers or um, uh, people in the central office or people in schools. And so I think the state, the district, and the school-wide work I'm expecting major advances. Uh, we also will continue our program review. We look at, at to identify evidence-based, well-designed SEL programs that there's research to support their uh, benefits and also systems in place to support implementation. So we'll be continuing that work. Um, 
looking both at SEL during the school day, but we're also uh, more and more interested in the effects of SEL on uh, adults and uh, also in out-of-school time. So those would be things we're taking on. And then, uh, you know, just to come back to assessment, I think that that there are going to be a lot of advances over the next couple of years in how to measure and support the development of uh, kids' competence. That's really exciting uh, progress, Roger. Uh, this has been Dr. Roger Weisberg from Castle uh, describing great progress in social-emotional learning on the Getting Smart podcast. Roger, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Tom, for having me. It was uh, great to talk with you. Thanks so much to Dr. Roger Weisberg of Castle for sharing such great information on social-emotional learning with us. Visit Castle's website at www.castle.org, that's C-A-S-E-L.org, for more details on the collaborative. And a big thanks to our producer, Troy Lund, for making us sound so good. Be sure to check out the Getting Smart podcast on iTunes, and while you're there, subscribe and rate us. For more on all things innovations and learning, check out our blog as well at gettingsmart.com. For the Getting Smart Podcast, this is Kat, signing off.